It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Jimmy Fallon. I'm Madison Allworth. I'm Bill Hemmer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Jeff Manasso. Russia expanding their relationship with North Korea with an exchange of letters and weaponry. The hostilities are ratcheting up in the theater in the Russia-Ukraine war, and Putin is losing conventionally. And so he's reaching out to every possible dictator around the world. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. North Korea remains one of Moscow's few international supporters, and their relationship looks to be getting even closer. In a letter sent to Kim Jong-un on Pyongyang's Liberation Day, President Putin said that their relationship will expand, and both leaders agreed that the move would benefit their countries. Both North Korea and Russia are America's most aggressive adversaries, and a stronger union between the two could ratchet up the possibility of a nuclear Armageddon, President Biden recently warned of. But more immediately, as the Russian military struggles to maintain supplies of ammunition in Ukraine, North Korea could begin to resupply Moscow with weapons, including artillery and missiles. Where could this relationship steer the conflict and what new ones could emerge? There's a saying that the Russians have, this is not a coincidence, uh, comrade. We're speaking today with Rebecca Koffler, former DIA intelligence officer and the author of Putin's playbook, Russia's secret plan to defeat America. This would accurately describe what's going on right now with uh, Russia and North Korea and uh, Putin and Kim Jong-un intensifying their bromance, um, as you would probably um, characterize this. So the hostilities are ratcheting up in the theater in the Russia-Ukraine war, and Putin is losing conventionally. And so he's reaching out to every possible dictator around the world. Uh, Xi Jinping, Kim Jong-un, you know, Iran. um, And um, this is because uh, he is trying to make sure that Ukraine does not win this war. And he is shifting his strategy, bringing in various artilleries from North Korea and um, uh, drones from Iran. But most importantly, the danger for us is that Russia is the largest nuclear power. It has the largest uh, nuclear arsenal. And North Korea, if you've noticed, has ratcheted up the pace of its missile testing, including tactical nuclear weapons that it's threatening, that it's developing in order to reach U.S. homeland. So we know Kim Jong-un doesn't trust anybody. And tell us, what do they get out of this alliance with Russia? Right. So uh, both of these are 
um, the biggest adversaries, the most aggressive adversaries of the United States. Conversely, both Russia and North Korea view the United States as its mortal enemy. Uh, they're both under sanctions, and Putin sanction-proofed his economy before he attacked Ukraine on February 24th. So the impact of those sanctions that the Biden administration is uh, assessing to Russia is not changing uh, Putin's behavior, but it does affect somewhat Russian economy. And so what Putin is trying to do is to diversify and to redirect export, um, exports to China, North Korea, um, even India, right, so that he maintains his uh, revenue stream. On the other hand, you know, North Korea can always benefit from the weaponry, um, the Russian weaponry. Russia is modernizing its weapons arsenal. No, it's not as good as our U.S. uh, weaponry, but it does the job. It's not as accurate. They don't have as many, um, but definitely the proliferation that is happening right now into North Korea, but especially the nuclear know-how, because Russia has done it for decades, and uh, Korea, Kim Jong-un, is hell-bent on uh, developing what he views as a nuclear uh, deterrent. And in fact, it practiced um, in military drills, striking South Korea, okay? And uh, we had our own um, carrier strike group, the uh, United States did, that we deployed into the theater um, so that we can project our resolve and so that we can project, you know, um, deterrence. And so this increases risk of nuclear escalation. And imagine this, if Russia and North Korea synchronize their missile test and especially their nuclear testing, you know, it would overload our ability to provide accurate missile warning. It would uh, overload our intelligence collection capability because we would need to look at two separate theaters. And God forbid, if it escalates actually into kinetic hostilities, we would need to have a two-theater military uh, operation or two simultaneous one. And that is even further increases the chances of uh, escalation into the nuclear realm. And both countries have also recently said that the use of nuclear weapons could be justified. We've heard the words Armageddon from President Biden. The White House later walked that back. Your assessment of those exact words and potential the danger of nuclear weapons being used by either country, do you think that is a possibility? It is a very real possibility, uh, Jeff. Um, President Biden is absolutely correct. Uh, Putin does have the doctrine, the capability, he has demonstrated intent, and most importantly, he has the motivation to use nuclear weapons. Why? It's because he's as it's all but lost the conventional phase of this war. We see Ukrainians on counter offensive, 
right? They've uh, retaken some of the captured territories, captured by the Russians, and they even, uh, I know they haven't really acknowledged that, but it is my professional intelligence assessment that it is the Ukrainians that are behind the explosion um, of the bridge, the Crimea bridge that connects uh, Russia mainland uh, with Crimea. Um, that legally belongs to Ukraine, but the Russians are next in uh, 2014. And so this is why Putin is jittery right now. And this is why he unleashed a barrage of missile strikes on Ukraine. 40 cities were attacked today, but he cannot sustain this high tempo of uh, missile strikes because he is out of precision strike uh, missiles. Okay, and this is exactly why he's talking about nuclear. And the Russians have developed a very unique strategy called escalate to deescalate, whereby a low yield nuclear warhead could be detonated in the theater, you know, in Ukraine or in the Black Sea without striking a specific target. But the idea is to end the conflict. And interestingly, it's the same motivation that drove the United States to launch two atomic bombs, uh, Little Boy and Fat Man, which were 15 and 21 kiloton, right? And within a year, both cities came back to the functional level. They were not abandoned, um, but a lot more people were People's lives were saved, if you will, because the Japanese would fight until the end. And so counterintuitively, this is the rationale and the thinking. And Putin himself said that he is not bluffing. And in his aggressive speech last week, he blamed the United States for actually setting the precedent of nuclear warfare. And this is why it is my assessment that we're firmly on the escalation path today. And in fact, next week, uh, Jeff, NATO and Russia are both conducting nuclear drills in Europe. Okay, and the distance uh, at which NATO is going to fly fighter jets that are nuclear capable. Okay, they're not going to be live, but nuclear capable um, assets are going to fly as close as 600 miles within the Russian territory. And this is just uh, for your um, comparison is like from New York to Quebec in Canada. And so the risk of miscalculation is very high because the Russians are paranoid and they can overreact. And Wargaming has shown to us that once a first nuclear warhead detonates, it spirals out of control from there. And President Biden, unfortunately, has no de-escalation strategy at this time. We're speaking today with Rebecca Koffler, former DIA intelligence officer and author of Putin's playbook, Russia's secret plan to defeat America. More after this. Wouldn't Russia be afraid of mutually assured destruction? 
No more, no more, Jeff. Uh, they do not subscribe anymore to uh, mutually assured destru- uh, destruction philosophy because that one uh, was developed specifically for strategic nuclear weapons, you know, for, for ICBMs. No, the Russians have no intention of launching an ICBM uh, on the United States or on Europe. They uh, they believe that they can contain that conflict because the, the low-yield nuclear... It's under one kiloton, right? The ones that we had were 15. Uh, So they suppose or they have calculated that it's going to have a reasonably um, small fallout and will not produce, you know, massive destruction, like it won't be nuclear Armageddon necessarily, but they believe it would actually put psychological pressure on Zelensky to back out and uh, abandon the fight. But most importantly, they want to dislodge the Ukrainian population psychologically, Europeans and Americans, um, because they assess that we view nuclear warfare as unthinkable. And therefore, we would not want to let it escalate into the strategic realm where nukes are flying, you know, across the Atlantic. So that's his rationale and his thinking that unfortunately the Washington establishment politicians and the security apparatus don't understand. We mistakenly think that if we just push him just hard enough, he's going to pack up his bags and go, but he will not because this is an existential uh, issue for him, the outcome of this conflict. So he will only going to escalate, ratchet it up into um, space warfare, cyber warfare, these are the steps uh, on the escalation ladder before nuclear starts. And so that's where we're going right now. Rebecca Koffler is with us. Rebecca, final question. I'm curious because both political sides here in the U.S. say that elections have consequences. Your thoughts, if President Trump was still in office, having a better perceived relationship with North Korea than President Biden and Mr. Trump's perceived tougher stance on Russia? So uh, the Russians would not have invaded Ukraine or anyone else if Trump uh, were still in office. Here's why. It has nothing to do with having better relationships. Um, This was all a show. The Russians feared Trump. Okay, here's why Trump never called uh, Putin a killer or any nasty words uh, like Biden, but Trump carried a very, very sharp stick. How? So here are the three things that Trump did that made Putin think twice and realize that Trump it means business. First, Trump established the Space Force. The Space Force is strikes directly at Russia's um, space warfare doctrine, okay? Because the doctrine is to attack our satellites and command and control in the event of the conflict to disable our kill chain, okay? So uh, President Trump authorized uh, that type of force for us in the development of counter space weapons. Second, um, cyber warfare. President Trump authorized offensive cyber operations against uh, Russia in the event that they attack us or even in some cases, you know, uh, preemptively, but we can't really go too far into the, down that road. Um, so, but the Russians understood that uh, he means business. Until then, President Obama was very afraid to launch offensive cyber ops on Russia. And then finally, and most importantly, uh, Jeff, 
Trump authorized the development of a low-yield tactical nuclear uh, warhead for our own forces. We were having a program where we could deploy a cruise missile, a sea-launched cruise missile, nuclear-tipped. Well, guess what happens? Uh, and the reason he did he did that, Trump, President Trump did that, because it pulls the rug from under uh, Putin's escalate to de-escalate strategy, because if they have one and we have one, that's a major deterrent. And so what does President Biden do when he gets to the office? Not only does he cancel uh, the Keystone Pipeline, um, allowing Putin to rake in, you know, additional revenue to finance his war because his whole economy is based on uh, on energy. So, but he also canceled that program for our own um, low-yield tactical nuclear warhead. And this is why we're in this situation. So, uh, absolutely, uh, Putin feared Trump. Putin is not afraid of President Biden. He thinks that he could um, really out-escalate and outsmart President Biden. She is Rebecca Koffler, former U.S. Defense Intelligence Officer and author of Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. A fascinating conversation. Rebecca, thank you for joining us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.